Welcome to Funeral Potatoes for the Singles Ward. Tune in to today's taboo topic with Kaylee and Tracy. Beautiful. Here we go. Oh, right. Every now and then I have to like turn off the incoming video and turn it back on because for some reason your face disappears on my screen. Rude. Technology is not my friend. It's okay. Apparently doesn't like me either, but wants to hide my face. Yeah. We're getting better. Like we're getting more acquainted with one mm-hmm. another, me and technology, but we're yeah. still really friends. It's understandable. Yeah. Being te- technology like lives to just like poke at us and be like, look, look how much I can annoy you right now. Like, it lives. It lives to uh, disappoint me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll make the best of what we can. Yeah. And maybe throw our laptops against the wall on occasion. I might hold off until I actually have a job that allows me to buy a new one <laughs> and then I'll throw it. I mean, yeah, there you the go. Ball. There you yeah. go. Then free game. You gotta know your limits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wise. I think that's very important. We should all know our limits. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. All right. Let's get into it today. Let's get yeah. down to business. Not to defeat Huns. Not to defeat Huns. To defeat Taboo. So, so what Taboo topic are we topic? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> what Taboo topic are we discussing today, Kaylee? We are discussing the Taboo. The, nope, I can't do it either. The Taboo. <laughs> the Taboo <laughs> around our Heavenly Mother. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mondays. Tuesdays, days of the week. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking. <laughs> life is too much. Um, but good things are happening, and we're gonna be talking about our heavenly mother today, which I'm really excited about. It's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Um, there's been a lot of Instagram accounts that we've been following for our podcast about others who have put together them podcasts and the stories that they're sharing. And I think at least three of the accounts that we follow are centered around heavenly mother, and I've been loving so much. Like reading all their posts and realizing that talking about Heavenly Mother is not really a taboo subject. It shouldn't be. And we need to talk about it more. Absolutely. You know, I think it's funny that she is kind of like a taboo topic because go with me on this journey of logic. Okay. Okay. We're going on a journey. Okay. So like if we know about the plan of salvation, we know that Heavenly Father created man and woman to make eternal families, essentially. Mm -hmm. And the whole purpose of the plan of salvation is for us to go to earth, come back, and progress eternally, which means that we will also be able to eternally progress as a family Mm -hmm. and become like God. Yes. Wouldn't it make sense logically that if we are going to become like God, that God Mm -hmm. was once like us? Yes. Which means Mm -hmm. that he also has a wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And that yeah. they were able to grow eternally also. Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. it just logically make sense that, like, that's the order of things? Yes, definitely. Well, and then we also believe in the concept of having, like, a real family. And, like, ha- like there's parents and there's children. So, Heavenly Father is not a single parent. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I think, at least for me, like... At first, I thought it was taboo strictly because we don't have a lot of doctrine based around her. Like, there's mm-hmm. very little said, so that's why I thought we couldn't talk about her. But as we'll uh, discuss, there may have been other reasons why uh, talking about her became more of a taboo 
subject and I mean and it's been deemed too too sacred to discuss which I mean is understandable to a certain extent like there are a lot of subjects like that Mm -hmm. um, that we don't discuss but to me that's usually because there are certain sacred things we don't discuss because um, because of the personal revelation that comes through those moments and those occasions. Um, so like certain things in the temple, to me, we don't discuss a lot of things because it is too sacred, because it's too personal for us to discuss. But Heavenly Mother is like a very wholesome subject. Like she should be a part of everything to a certain extent, yeah. like because she does play a part in each of our lives, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, so most of the inability, though, for many members of the church to discuss Heavenly Mother comes from the fact that we don't know a lot about her, which is which is something that I just said. Um, but like, <laughs> there's not there's not a lot that we that we can say factually coming from the doctrine. A lot of what we're going to be talking about um, won't directly come from the scriptures, for example. Um, but we do want to talk about her this week. We clearly love discussing taboo subjects and diving headfirst into the deep end of discussions. So we want to talk about who she is, how she came to be, where she's referenced in church history, of course, and a lot more. So I am really excited for this episode and I will most likely, we will definitely be talking about her in future episodes to come. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about why it's such like a hush hush taboo topic. Mm -hmm. So I actually found a really good article on LDSliving.com. It's called 14 Myths and Truths We Know About Our Heavenly Mother. And it it really talks about a lot of things that, like, they're kind of like facts and fictions Mm -hmm. in a way. And some of them are kind of laughable, but, like, some of them are, like, really, really powerful and great. I think it's an important article if you want a kind of bit more of a knowledge on Heavenly Mother. I highly recommend reading it. So this quote says, Myths have circulated in our culture that have left some Latter-day Saints believing the topic of Heavenly Mother is taboo or deserves a sacred silence. While we might not have as much revealed about our Mother in Heaven as we do our Father, much of the silence that surrounds her stems from our own discomfort or lack of knowledge, not from a church mandate. Okay, I pulled that quote because it is really important to recognize that it's not policy that we don't discuss her right. and it's not written in stone anywhere that we're not allowed to discuss her. It's really just because like you said earlier, people don't know that much about her. And so people tend to not talk about her very openly or as often as we talk about our father in heaven or Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we want you guys to recognize that we don't know everything either. Kaylee nope. and I only did a little bit of research <laughs> on this topic. But we feel like it's important to open the conversation about this because mm-hmm. she is out there, she exists, and she loves and cares about us just as much as our Father in Heaven does. Amen to that. Yes, exactly. And I love how the the article goes on to say that Latter-day Saints might also shy away from topics like Heavenly Mother because it highlights our doctrines diverge from the rest of Christianity. While it is good to build common ground, Martin Polito, who wrote an incredible essay for BYU titled A Mother There, he said that we need to be comfortable with our peculiar doctrines like our belief in Heavenly Mother. We'll get better at explaining and articulating ourselves, even if it takes a while for us to master our mother tongue, pun intended. But (laughs) we can get there. We should also remember that as a global church, we proselyte far more than mainstream Christians and the other faiths will be far more amenable to the notion of a Heavenly Mother. And I'm going to be mentioning Martin Polito. We're going to be mentioning Martin Polito a few times because he 
makes some really great points. And honestly, we could just read that essay, a mother there, and we'd get just as much out of it. But I just, I love this because we do need to get better at talking about her. And there is so much that we could still learn as we start out like speculating and then learning about her and how we can apply what we know of her to our daily lives and build a relationship with her. Yeah, I really like how it says that this is something that we diverge away from mainstream Christianity. And this is one of those topics that I'm not saying that we should lead with it when we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I mean, it is something that we can mention and we can share with people and that they need to know about as well. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love when I get the chance to discuss my religion with others, I like to point out and say, hey, there's a lot of similarities within these other faiths, such as Christianity, Islam, and a little bit of Catholicism. Yeah, so I'll like mention those and highlight some of the similarities that we have through them. Like, okay, we have a form of baptism. We have a form of this. We have a form of that. Um, but then it's also fine to bring up some of the highlighted differences of how we concentrate on a plan of happiness, our, the difference of our temples, and now we can include our Heavenly Mother, which not a lot of people talk about. So on byustudies.edu, we found another article that talks about Heavenly Mother, and it says, Some within Mormon culture who see discussion of our Heavenly Mother as inappropriate believe that respecting her sacredness requires silence, as if to speak of her is to risk offending God. For instance, Hoyt W. Brewster Jr. claims the holy name of deity is blasphemed when used in concert with gutter language and misused in everyday expressions. Is it any wonder that our Father in Heaven has been so protective of the identity of our Mother in Heaven? Accounts like this have resulted in perceptions among the LDS community that Heavenly Mother deserves or requires a sacred censorship. Indeed, an informal internet survey found that most Mormons believe that discourse about Heavenly Mother is forbidden or inappropriate. This cultural perception has perhaps exacerbated academic claims that Heavenly Mother has always been and continues to be surrounded by a holy hush. I do remember hearing that quote by Hoyt W. Brewster or a similar quote, that whole like a way that Heavenly Father wanted to protect Heavenly Mother was by keeping her kind of hush hush. But at the same time, I feel like people need to recognize that it's not forbidden and it's not inappropriate to talk about her. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about Heavenly Father in appropriate contexts as well, spiritual contexts. And I think it's just as important for us to talk about Heavenly Mother in those contexts as well. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed hundred times. And then also just to, not to add to that, but to answer um, your concern, that is directly pulled from um, a, the essay, A Mother There, a survey of historical teachings about Mother in Heaven. So Martin Polito wrote that and he also authored that with David L. Paulson. There's, a, there's a so much good stuff that we're going to share from here. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. And then, of course, she does get talked about in other church materials. Um, so she's included in the gospel topics um, and the essays regarding our mother in heaven. And in there it says, as with many other truths of the gospel, our present knowledge about a mother in heaven is limited. Nevertheless, we have been given sufficient knowledge to appreciate the sacredness of this doctrine and to comprehend the divine pattern established for us as children of heavenly parents. Latter-day Saints believe that this pattern is reflected in Paul's statement that neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man and the Lord. Men and women cannot be exalted without each other. Just as we have a father in heaven, we have a mother in heaven. And I love that. I think it is possible when we are reading the scriptures to find a lot about our mother in heaven, like Paul just said. But because it's not so blatantly said, it is also easy to ignore it or 
believe that it's not there. Like it's it's not going to be said directly, but we can find it through like between the lines. And that kind of goes back to what we were saying or to what I was saying earlier. The whole uh-huh. like the way that logic follows. If Heavenly Father wants us to become like he is and that we have the potential to become gods and goddesses in eternity, it only makes sense mm-hmm. that we're following that pattern that he laid out for us. That he was originally just like us. He lived his own life, got married, has an eternal family, and we are the product of that. I know sometimes we talk about this in like gospel doctrine and people like quickly shut it down because they're like, it's deep doctrine, avoid abort vision, like stop it. But I feel like it's mostly because our mortal minds can't handle processing that kind of eternal information. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. we go like mortally, we're like, okay, well, if we came from God, then God had to have come from someone else and he had to have come from someone else and he had to have come from someone else and like so on and so on and so on our mortal minds just can't process that like things are different from an eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. Like we think linearly, but heavenly father sees everything, not just that one plane. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that's really important to highlight because yeah, there's only so much that we really can't understand, but even through that, there is still a bit, if limited that we can learn um, about eternity and about our mother in heaven. And I think that's really important. Um, but I also like this point shared in a mother there essay. It says in the conclusion, as Latter-day Saints should be deeply reverent when speaking about any sacred subject, church leaders may well caution an individual to be respectful of and to avoid teaching unorthodox views about heavenly mother. At the same time, we have found no public record of a general authority advising us to be silent about our heavenly mother. Indeed, as we have amply demonstrated, many general authorities have openly taught about her. While some have claimed that heavenly mother's role has been marginalized or trivialized, we feel that the historical data provides a highly elevated view of heavenly mother. The heavenly mother portrayed in the teachings we have examined is a procreator and parent, a divine person, a co-creator, a co-framer of the plan of salvation, and is involved in this life and the next. I love that. That is just really beautiful. You know, that kind of goes with what President Eyring was talking about in general conference at the women's session when yeah. he was talking about how women will have just as important a role in eternity and in like in eternity and in the future of this world and the world to come as Mm -hmm. the men will and so that just like further solidifies what he was saying in general conference Mm -hmm. so check out his talk in the women's session because that will just drive it home I love that. But I do like this thought that was shared by Brittany Thompson on the Instagram account, Our Mother in Heaven. That's Our Mother in Heaven, like all lowercase and no symbols or dashes or anything in it. And she said, seeking Heavenly Mother feels like searching for a lighthouse without a map and just hoping to catch enough glimpses of it to find my way. And without mistaking others' lights on the water for her. Oh, that's nice. It is nice. And I totally feel that way. I think it's a re- it's a beautiful and simple way to show how hard it is sometimes to try and understand more of our Heavenly Mother. It's hard to find some information. It's hard to, to get a, a better grasp of her because she's not talked about as often as, as our Heavenly Father because he's the one that we pray to. He's the one like who we tend to concentrate all of our attention on. But if we are looking the right way, then we can find her. I just had a thought. Yes. Do you think 
that the reason Heavenly Mother takes like a backseat is because she and Heavenly Father know that we would all gravitate toward Heavenly Mother for everything instead of gravitating toward Heavenly Father because that's how we are in mortality is we tend to gravitate towards our mothers more than our fathers. That's a really good thought. Yeah, like you don't ask your dad for like, hey, can I go do this? And he's always going to say, go ask your mom. Yeah, I just thought of that. Huh, that's really interesting. I mean, it is a mortal way of, like a pretty mortal way of seeing it um, with the gender like stereotypes, but that makes sense. I had not thought about that. And do you think it could also be Heavenly Father's eternal way of progressing and growing to become more of the nurturer and the like caregiver and that sort of thing too? Oh, maybe. Now I'm just just going down a deep path. (laughs) We're going, we're going, we're going with it. I like it. I like it a lot. That's very interesting. But (laughs) agreed. Yes. But still, like, that's a really good thought to bring up because we do still progress in eternity we don't remain as we are and we know that heavenly father is is perfect we don't know what that perfection completely means because we have our own concept of it in this mortal life that may not be the same in the next one um because since there is progression then we can we can still learn things in the next life and he can still be learning progressing and becoming the the celestial being that he is meant to be yeah i think that sounds really beautiful we're going pray about we're it. Going I don't know. Places. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're going places. Okay. Nice. So we're going to go on to our next section, which is what we know about her from doctrine. So most of this section comes from LDS.org, specifically the gospel topics section. So this one goes back to our gospel topics essay, um, Mother in Heaven on churchofjesuschrist.org. And it says, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints teaches that all human beings, male and female, are beloved spirit children of heavenly parents, a heavenly father, and a heavenly mother. This understanding is rooted in scriptural and prophetic teachings about the nature of God, our relationship to deity, and the godly potential of men and women. The doctrine of a heavenly mother is a cherished and distinctive belief among Latter-day Saints. And then it continues with, In 1909, the First Presidency taught that all men and women are in the similitude of the universal father and mother and are literally the sons and daughters of deity. And in The Family, a proclamation to the world issued in 1995, the First Presidency in the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles declared, Each person is a beloved spirit, son, or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such, each has a divine nature and destiny. So my thoughts on this were, like, again, it only makes sense that there is a heavenly mother because we were all created in the image of God. And God said in the Bible that it's not good for man to be alone when he was in the Garden of Eden, and then he created Eve. And so we know that, again, there's that, like, heavenly pattern of, like, a man with a woman, like, for family units, essentially. But we've also learned through modern revelation that we have the potential to be like God one day and have our own planets and eternal increase, which again, we've talked about, but it solidifies the idea that there is a heavenly mother as well. President Lorenzo Snow also said that as man now is, God once was. As God now is, man may be. And that makes me think again, and that further solidifies my argument (laughs) that God was once like us. He was living on his own version of earth. He underwent trials and pain and suffering, and then he was exalted, which would mean that he also has a wife because you can't be exalted without a spouse. 
I just wish that we talked about this more. Like, I understand why it's taboo, but I wish we talked about this more. Like, if we have the potential to become like God, that means God was once like us. And that could also be why he knows and understands everything that we're going through perfectly. And so does Heavenly Mother. So, like, it just makes sense. I feel like a conspiracy theorist right now arguing this. Like, it just makes sense. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I mean, as much as there is doctrine to it, we kind of do have to read between the lines sometimes. So, it becomes the risk almost that it's like, okay, like, are we misinterpreting this or something? But that really does make sense. And it's just, it doesn't make, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me that we would go back to our Heavenly Father, who's basically a single parent, just doing all that for us. It just does not make sense to me. And honestly, I just wish I had thought of this a lot more as a child so that I would have put in more consideration and more thought into the thought of having a heavenly mother because I think that would have changed some of my my way of thinking growing up um, to have another um, another type of role model to be looking forward to to uh, know that there are going to be not just heavenly father but a heavenly mother as well like waiting for us in the next life kind of thing yeah in my research I did find another point that was shared about why we might not always talk about her. I found this from the website seekingheavenlymother.com. Um, we follow their Instagram account. I think they have another podcast by another name. It's by it, This website is run by like four women who are dedicated to sharing stories, um, sharing poetry, sharing art, uh, pulled from others, and and they put together like guides about learning about Heavenly Mother. And I really love their stuff. And they said that the discussion of Heavenly Mother may have begun in the 20th century, but it diminished significantly and ultimately became perceived as a taboo topic over the pulpit. Then in 1993, the September 6th were excommunicated or disfellowshipped, at least partially for their public discussion about Heavenly Mother. This created a sense of fear associated with openly talking about Heavenly Mother. I've never uh, heard of the September 6th before. I have not either, actually. I'm going to look it up, but you Please continue. Do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just looking at this and I was like, okay, that would make sense why we don't talk about it. Um, because we don't want to risk talking wrong about our Heavenly Mother. We don't um, want to say anything that's incorrect or false or anything. So I think that's one of the reasons like I've always been so hesitant to talk about it. Um, but at the same time, it's a little bit disappointing. Like we should be doing our best to try and learn more about her, to putting in more prayer and studying our scriptures with her more in our thoughts. It's important that we understand our history about the church a little more openly, um, that we that we learn from things that other people have done, like the September 6th. That way, then we aren't fearful of the unknown and understanding what is actually taboo and what is not. That's one of the problems with taboo. Like, we don't understand a lot of things in our church, and so we just don't talk about things when we could be learning very valuable lessons that could help strengthen our testimonies and give us a better understanding of the doctrine. I agree. I think that's great. And I really do think that even though the family proclamation comes under fire a lot from people in the church, mm -hmm. specifically because of like gender identities and queer identities and all of that stuff, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. But on the same coin or on the other side of the same coin, like, like you said, it really did give us a lot of insight into who Heavenly Mother is in a way and taught us that we do have that potential of becoming a Heavenly Mother, which is really cool. Okay, so I found out who the September 6th were. Okay, awesome. So the September 6th were six members of the church who were excommunicated or disfellowshipped in September 1993, allegedly for publishing scholarly work against or criticizing church doctrine and leadership. 
So some of them were writing um, that the church has an anti-intellectual posture and like how they wrote, they wrote like so many articles about like how the church whitewashes history and changes things and twists things to fit their narrative more. Like it was just very critical of church leadership. So that's essentially what it was. But one of them did actually write about um, Heavenly Mother. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. I do want to learn more about that now. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode on that sometime. All right. So moving forward, this actually, I was thinking about this song a lot when I was doing my research for the podcast. Hymn 292, Oh My Father, is written by Eliza R. Snow. The text of the hymn was originally penned as a poem in 1844 by Eliza R. Snow. She had it published in the Times and Seasons, which was an LDS newspaper in Nauvoo. Specifically, verse 3 talks about our heavenly parents. So I just want to read the text of verse 3. It says, I had learned to call thee Father through thy spirit from on high, but until the key of knowledge was restored, I knew not why. In the heavens are parents single. No, the thought makes reason stare. Truth is reason. Truth eternal tells me I have a mother there. I have always loved that verse so much. I just really love how... So in my research about that ver- about that song specifically, so the little deep dive into church history for you. So Eliza R. Snow wrote that song after Joseph Smith had spoken about Heavenly Mother to the Third Relief Society president of the church, Zina D. Young. The prophet Joseph spoke about Heavenly Mother to her after she had lost her mother, and Zina was speaking to the prophet about her grief and her pain, and she asked him the question, will I know my mother as my mother when I get over to the other side? Mm -hmm. And Joseph replied, certainly you will. More than that, you will meet and become acquainted with your eternal mother, the wife of your father in heaven. Word of that encounter got to Eliza R. Snow, and that helped inspire her to write that poem and then shortly after it was published in the times and then like shortly after that the prophet was killed in carthage jail but that whole experience came from someone just talking about heavenly mother and the potential of seeing and recognizing their actual mother in heaven in the future it kind of gives more of a meaning to that hymn than it did before so that's amazing that's beautiful We always think about like, okay, we'll be reunited with Jesus Christ. You know, if we make it to the celestial kingdom, then like we always be with him and with Heavenly Father and all of that. But I've never heard anyone add like, but you're also going to be with your Heavenly Mother. Yeah. Why does does anyone say that? Like to me, at at least for me, like being able to come home to my parents can be a good thing on occasion. And it's important to me at least to have both of them there. Um, even through our differences, like it makes such a difference if like only one of my parents is there or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to know that we've got a heavenly mother is just so beautiful and like fuzzy and warm and happy. It just makes sense. That's like, I feel like that's just like our main thing here. Like it makes sense. <laughs> it just like, makes you can't, sense. You can't just ignore this, you know? Um, And I love how on Instagram, Seeking Heavenly Mother also pointed out about the mothers of the Stripling Warriors. They teach us about Heavenly Mother. The mothers prepared and taught their children. Our Heavenly Mother taught and prepared us for this mortal life, which I had not thought about. But I absolutely love that thought. Like, she's not, and she never has been, 
an outlier who's just watching everything happen. But she's she's been there from the beginning, and she's going to be there through it all. Um, even if we don't see every part that she plays in, in helping us through our lives and through the plan of salvation, she is definitely there. She's there. She's real. She's doing everything she can to help us along this path, along with our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Um, but we're going to move on now. So we've looked over the scriptures a bit. I want to dive into what the general authorities have said about her. Yes. So I already shared the account from Joseph Smith, but LDSliving.com once again gives another article that's entitled 11 Powerful Truths About Heavenly Mother from Prophets and Apostles. Mm-hmm. And it literally is quotes from apostles and prophets about Heavenly Mother. So like mm-hmm. if you are like, yeah, that's nice what you're saying, but where's the truth in it? Blah, blah, blah. Like we don't have any modern revelation. <laughs> wrong. We do. Here it is. Um, so the next one I want to share is from Sister Susa Young Gates, who was the daughter of Brigham Young, and she was the editor of the church's Young Women's Journal and Relief Society magazine. She wrote that our Heavenly Mother's watchful care and careful training helped shape our souls and prepared us for mortal life and eternal life to come. And that whole article or that full quote and everything that she said in that article you can find in Young Women's Journal it's, I think it's volume two, but you can find it all online. And I think that was a really nice one. It kind of ties back into the quote that you shared, Kaylee, with how the mothers of the stripling warriors prepared them for battle and for life, but how Heavenly Mother also did the same thing. Yeah, I think I think if we pay attention, if we pay close attention prayerfully, we can look through everything that's been shared thus far and see that there really is a pattern of Heavenly Mother where she is shared about, where she's discussed, and where the doctrine hints at her very clearly. Okay, you didn't say President Gordon B. Hinckley, did you? No. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I love President Gordon B. Hinckley. Um, He said, Logic and reason would certainly suggest that if we have a Father in Heaven, we have a Mother in Heaven. That doctrine rests well with me. Which I think he does highlight a really good point that if we want to if we want to like accept anything and better understand something that we need to study it out um, in our hearts and in our minds and to pray about it. Um, I mean, I can't see why anyone would not want to have a heavenly mother, um, but I do think it's important that we take this uh, take it into consideration and pray about it. I like it that he's just like. Logic and reason says this, and that sits well with me. I love that. Hey, we can have logic and reason within the church, no matter what anybody says. All right. So then Elder Melvin J. Ballard said, No matter to what heights God has attained or may attain, he does not stand alone. For side by side with him in all her glory, a glory like unto his, stands a companion, the mother of his children, For as we have a father in heaven, so also we have a mother there, a glorified, exalted, ennobled mother. That is a startling doctrine, I recognize, to some folk. And yet, we ought to be governed by reason in giving consideration to this doctrine, which is a revelation from God. Not only does he say that, like, I realize that this is, like, really jarring doctrine to you guys, but it's revelation from God, and it's important to realize that Heavenly Mother is glorified, exalted, and has all of the shining, wonderful qualities that Heavenly Father has as well. And I just love that quote from him. That is so good. Okay, here's another quote that I absolutely love. 
Ugh, there, there's just so much good content here. Okay, so this book <laughs> says, Our Heavenly Mother is a creator of universes, a framer of worlds without end, a God over limitless creations, and our eternal mother working in perfect partnership with our Heavenly Father. And our Heavenly Mother continues to influence and shape our life. As Patricia Holland shared in a BYU devotional, in the ongoing process of creation, our creation and the creation of all that surrounds us, our Heavenly Parents are preparing a lovely tapestry with exquisite colors and patterns and hues. They are doing so lovingly and carefully and masterfully. And each of us is playing a part, our part, in the creation of that magnificent, eternal piece of art. That's beautiful. It presents a stunning image of... The fact that we have a part to play and it is related to our Heavenly Father and our Heavenly Mother. That we're creating something beautiful in this lifetime. That through this plan of salvation, of, of happiness and mercy, that we're coming closer to one another as the eternal souls that we are to fill the measure of creation. Like, it's just, it's just beautiful. Yeah. I love it. So the next one is Elder B.H. Roberts shared that our knowledge of Heavenly Mother testifies of the nobility of woman and of motherhood and of wifehood, placing her side by side with the Divine Father. The soul-making trials of her earthly experience, coupled with continuing growth after a celestial resurrection, helped Heavenly Mother hone the qualities of divinity to move her from womanhood to godhood. I am obsessed with this quote because... That little bit of him talking about the soul-making trials of her earthly experience coupled with continuing growth after a celestial resurrection made her the goddess that she is. And so it kind of gives me hope for what I go through now, that like I am going through soul-making trials right now on my earthly experience that will help me to prepare myself more fully for the growth that's going to happen after this life, after I'm resurrected, after everything, and will move me from being a great woman to being a goddess. Like that's just amazing to think about. Okay, so under in A Mother There, it mentions how the first presidency under President Joseph Smith, they published a declaration titled The Father and the Son, in which they assert that our heavenly parents pass through several stages or estates by which they have attained exaltation and together propagated that higher order of beings called spirits. Apparently, neither of them alone could beget our spirit bodies. Okay. I think that's a lot where we get the understanding that our Heavenly Father, that our Heavenly Parents have definitely been through um, a mortal experience like ours, and they've overcome a lot to get to where they are now. And that's why they're helping us now through this journey so that we can learn to be like them. Yeah, I agree. There's also another great quote that a mother there highlights uh, shared by Elder Jalen H. Oaks. Do you want to share that? Sure. So Elder Oaks is quoted in an official church essay about our mother in heaven that we've already quoted. He said, our theology begins with heavenly parents. Our highest aspiration is to be like them. Therefore, heavenly mother is at the center of LDS theology. While our cultural discourse often does not reflect this, the doctrine nonetheless remains. Heavenly mother is important and central to our theology. That's beautiful. Our last little bit is... We want to talk about how knowing about Heavenly Mother gives us hope for the future. And so if we go back to the scholarly article, um, A Mother There, 
Martin Polito says, Some statements by church authorities have led to the understanding that before Heavenly Mother became exalted and helped beget us, she was once mortal and dwelt on earth. Orson F. Whitney explained that there was a time when that being whom we now worship, that our eternal father and mother were once man and woman in mortality. And then again, we've said this quote already, but we're going to say it again. The soul-making trials of her earthly experience, coupled with continuing growth after a celestial resurrection, helped her hone the qualities of divinity to move her from womanhood to godhood. So once again, they experienced what we experienced. The trials that they endured and grew from helped them become prepared to be gods and goddesses in eternity. And we have that same potential. So that gives me a lot of hope, once again, to endure faithfully and to push forward exactly i really like that and then harold b president harold b lee taught in his piece the influence and responsibility of women within the relief society magazine number 51 he said that sometimes we think the whole job is up to us forgetful that there are loved ones beyond our sight who are thinking about us and our children we forget that we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother who are even more concerned probably than our earthly father and mother and the influences from beyond are constantly working to try and help us when we do all that we can And I particularly love that quote because it's a reminder that Heavenly Mother isn't just in the background. She's not just waiting and watching, but she, like Heavenly Father, is up at the forefront doing everything she can to help us do all that we can. Yeah, I love that. And then I love this quote. Um, Mm -hmm. President Roger Clausen taught, it doesn't take from our worship of the Eternal Father to adore our Eternal Mother any more than it diminishes the love we bear our our earthly fathers to include our earthly mothers in our affections. We honor woman when we acknowledge Godhood and her eternal prototype. And I think that's so important because I know that a lot of the arguments that you and I saw through our research was that if we spend so much energy seeking Heavenly Mother, then we're going to forget about Heavenly Father. But that's not the case at all. Like, we love Mm -hmm. our parents. Yes. Yeah, we need both of them. We love both of them. And it's not that it makes us love one of them less than the other. It just, we need them both. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we we really do. Um, and then I just want to share a verse from this this song that I found. It is called A Mother There. Um, it was put together by Shane Mickelson and Angie Killian. And you can find it on YouTube. And it's got like four soloists. And I think they just put it out this year. And it was beautiful. There's the lyrics posted at the bottom. And in verse four, it says, I sense her in the silence and moments I am still. She reaches back and teaches that her love is what I feel. Now brimming with this wisdom, I find her everywhere. For all the world reminds me, I have a mother there. For all the world reminds me, I have a mother there. And I was listening to you this morning, finishing up my research here. And I just I just love that because she, she is there with us. She is she's everywhere. And I think once we start actually looking for her, then we are going to find her um, in our lives all over the place. That when we put it to the front of our mind that we can see the role that she is and has been playing for us all along. I love that. That's so beautiful. Michelle D. Craig, the first counselor in the Young Women General Presidency, just recently said in conference, perhaps the most important thing for us to see clearly are who God is and who we really are. Children of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. The more you understand your true identity and purpose, soul deep, the more it will influence everything in your life. I really love that quote because I know her whole talk was about seeing other people deeply, Mm -hmm. but I think seeing ourselves as deeply 
and recognizing that we have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother who care about us deeply will help us to really understand who we are. And it will, like you said earlier, show their influence in every single thing in our lives. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And then something else that I started looking at online is this book of poems called Finding Mother God. And there's a few excerpts that are shared um, across different Instagram accounts um, that it's written. The poems are written by Carol Lynn Pearson. She has quite a few, quite a few poems shared in this book, book of poems that she wrote that are just beautiful about finding Heavenly Mother throughout our lives about um, seeing her power and all the effort that she goes into, into helping us throughout this mortal life. And I, I don't know, like I, I did not buy the book. I need to. Um, so I didn't read all of them, but there's a few, especially under your wings. That poem was just beautiful. And it was a brilliant reminder that we are not in this life alone. We do have a heavenly father and heavenly mother who are there for us. And once we start looking for them, we will find them everywhere. I love that. So the last quote that we have to share with you guys is from Elder Glenn L. Pace. He says, Sisters, I testify that when you stand in front of your heavenly parents in those royal courts on high, and you look up into her eyes and behold her countenance, any question you ever had about the role of women in the kingdom will evaporate into the rich celestial air, because at that moment you will see standing directly in front of you your divine nature and destiny. That is so powerful. Holy It God. really is. Oh my gosh. Like, I know that a lot of, like, we always talk about, like, what questions you want to ask when you get to the other side. We talked about that before. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I know that this is one of them. Like, what is the true purpose of women? What is their divine nature? What is their destiny? Like, what are we actually here for? I know that gets brought up a lot in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that quote by Elder Pace is so beautiful because he's like, any question that you ever had will just be gone because you will see it firsthand right in front of you, what everything you've been working towards and what your whole purpose really is. And I think that's so beautiful and amazing to think about. Mm, Agreed. I want to take back anything that I may have said when when we were talking about who we'd want to meet when we die. I just Heavenly Mother, like, I want to meet her again. I want to come back to her. Yeah, we would know so much just seeing her again. Yeah. And I think then, like, we would, yeah, we would have all those answers. We would have a better comprehending of everything. So thanks <sighs> for joining us on this journey of, yes. of finding Heavenly Mother and discussing her more fully and bringing her out of the darkness that we've kind of put her in in church culture. I think it was a really good way for us to open that conversation about Heavenly Mother. And I definitely think that we could go further on this topic in the future. So definitely. we'll have to. If there's any other sources um, outside external sources that people also want to explore, there are other publications unofficially associated with the church, um, such as the accounts I mentioned, like the Heavenly Mother, Seeking Heavenly Mother website. But there's also um, the Exponent 2, which is a Mormon feminist blog and magazine, and Sunstone, an intellectual magazine. And they've both published numerous essays about Heavenly Mother. Um, And then, of course, and we're mentioning a lot about the gospel essay titled Mother in Heaven, posted on LDS.org, and then on BYU Studies is a mother there. Um, So definitely look at those references. And if you have, like Kaylee said, if you had more, let us know what they are, and we'll mm -hmm. talk future episode, and we'll go deeper. 
we'd love to do that yeah so yeah so those are just a few of the places that we've referenced and um that you guys should check out to learn even more yeah so if you want to know more if you want to learn more please let us know we want to hear from you and we want to create things that you guys will want to participate in fully so let us know exactly yes ask us any of the questions that you want to learn um share the materials that you might have that we were not we were not able to share today. Um, anything that we can and should include on this podcast, please let us know. Exactly. All right. So thanks again for listening, guys. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Bye. Bye.